Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the events of Kate Kane, the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty good. I'm kind of sad because there's only one more episode left this season. Can we not talk about that yet? Because I'm not ready for this show to be over. I'm not ready for us to go on a podcast hiatus. I'm just not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready for a lot of things. And it's weird because I actually – typically I watch the episodes um, before we record so that way it's kind of fresh in my mind. And I usually do it through the CW app on my smart TV just because they cut down the commercials by about an extra 10 minutes as opposed to on-demand. Okay. So I don't typically get to see the next week's trailer. I don't either. However, this week I watched it on demand, and there's stuff happening next week that actually look semi like a resolution to a season. Yay! Okay. I don't know how I don't know how they would have accomplished it, but I'm now much more interested to see how this is going to turn out being two episodes shy me too before we get into that because that is next week we're going to get into this week's episode but before before we get into this week's episode we have two emails this week and they kind of they kind of both have um a tie between them so i'm gonna read both of them uh first is from stephanie says, hello, it's one of your usual listeners, Stephanie. On your recent episode, I couldn't help but to get excited over how you have a love for Dawson's Creek. Or at least that's what I thought you said. And I wanted to ask whose team are you in? Team Pacey or Team Dawson? I'm more of a Team Pacey kind of gal. All right. To start off with, there's no teams. There's only Dawson. And I'm not educated enough to make a choice, so I'm abstaining because I've never actually watched Dawson's Creek in full. How have you never watched Dawson's Creek? I've watched episodes, but I've not watched enough to actually, like, garner an opinion, so I'm not going to vote. It is on my eventual Will Binge list. I just haven't gotten there yet. Wow. That just seems like a pretty weird gap in CW. Yeah, I didn't really start watching TV hardcore until I got a DVR in 2007, so... Okay. That makes that makes somewhat sense. Yeah, I used to have to... I used to try to make sure I had um, the night that it came on off, and I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesdays. I think it was and Wednesdays. I don't I'm know pretty, why I, yeah. I didn't watch the show. I actually know that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. I am pretty sure it was Wednesday as well. Uh, so I used to try and make sure I had the day off, well, at least the night off from work. And if not, I would have to, I would have to record it on a VHS tape. So I'm and I used so to, glad DVRs were invented. Yes, me too. So so glad. I work mine out 
to the point where it hates me, but I'm so, so glad. She continues, I am writing to I'm writing to you both to ask where your thoughts are on how Julia is treating Kate. I mean, on how Julia is treating Kate terribly with the whole Sophie situation. Do you think Sophie and Kate are endgame? And do you think there's a possible chance that Maggie Sawyer will be entering the Arrowverse and be Kate's soulmate since Kate Kane in the comics asked her to accept her hand in marriage? It's these questions that are rarely asked, and I love the banter between you two. It makes me laugh. I hope you're both doing well. Be safe. Well, um... Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Maggie Sawyer is technically already in the Arrowverse because she has appeared on Supergirl. So really all they would have to do is bring her over. Yes. We would need to get Florina Lima back. I would love to see that. But I do think that Kate and Sophie will end up being Endgame. I am not here for the triangle of Kate and Sophie and... And Julia, like, I'm just not here for it. And I'm just going to, since it kind of correlates and ties in, I'm just going to bring up the one scene from this week's episode where Sophie basically asked Kate's permission to date Julia. And I'm just like, this is weird. Why is this a thing? I mean, it's better than it just happening. I would honestly rather it just happen. The whole asking of permission thing is just strange because that's acknowledging that, you know, this is probably something you shouldn't be doing and you have the wherewithal to actually make sure it's okay. It's just, it's always been a weird flex to me whenever shows do that. Okay. So I just, I'm not really here for it, but I do think that Sophie and Kate will be eventual end game. However, if Kate and Maggie have decent chemistry that could be a game changer, I think. I would love Maggie Sawyer to come back to the Arrowverse. Um, I kind that was when I started to cash out on Supergirl when when she left. Now she left for all we know for from her own accord. She wanted to she wanted to do other things. Um, she had had the year after she left. She had had a series, a new series, come on TV that lasted maybe a full season. I don't even think it lasted that long. Do you remember the name of it? Oh, no, not even remotely. Um, But there's... I've always questioned whether or not that was why she left. Um, And it's it's from, like, nothing she said in public and nothing that's ever been hinted at. Just there are things that came out about... um, producers or people on you know people connected to the cw arrowverse that left because of other incidences and it just all happened around the same time so my conspiracy brain felt it was yeah connected connected things that that definitely were never hinted at so she's currently recurring on uh the abc drama a million little things okay I don't know if she's I don't know if she's a regular on that. She's only been in four episodes in their most recent season. So I don't know if they're going to promote her for the new season, but that is currently what she's doing. Okay. Um, but I thought she was great as Maggie Sawyer. Uh, and like I said, I, I started cashing out on Supergirl when she left, not because she left, but because of the way they handled her exit. Yeah, I didn't like, like the way they handled her exit either. 
like I just felt like Alex had a total character change and all of a sudden wanted like all of a sudden her life wasn't complete without a baby. And well, first of all, I hate when they do that on shows anyway. Number one. Number two, doing that to facilitate this exit would have been OK if they actually gave her a child, which they have yet to do. And Maggie's been gone for over a year. She's been gone for like three now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's my biggest thing was I don't I felt that that just came out of left field. She had never once talked about wanting kids, never talked about liking kids. And this was all done to kind of facilitate Maggie's exit. And you're right. She still doesn't have a kid. And I don't know if it's even I don't even know if it's brought up. It's been brought up once. She almost had a kid, but then the mom changed her mind and didn't give the child up for adoption. And that was earlier this season. I believe it was pre-crisis. Uh, I know I know when you're talking about, so it was actually last season. It was last season. Okay. It, it was last season because I haven't watched anything from this season and it was like right around, it was right around the the time um uh James Olsen's sister came in cuz yes. I remember her being being there for her. So it was right before the crisis last year if I remember. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, like they they haven't really progressed that storyline at all which makes it even more like weird and frustrating. Yeah. So I think I think right now Sophie and Kate are endgame, but the shows have tend to be very fluid as far as if something else comes up, they're willing to change course. Yeah, and I'm also completely fine if they also never make this a couple show. Like, I'm like, as much as the CW's bread and butter is like couples and like the shipping culture, if Batwoman never becomes that, I'll be completely Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, no, I'd be fine with that. Our second email uh, from Ava, or Eva. I became a huge fan of Batwoman when I binge-watched all the current Arrowverse seasons about two months ago, and about halfway through decided I should see if there's a podcast on this show. Yours was the first one I listened to and immediately realized this was exactly what I was looking for. Your dynamic with each other is great and hilarious and never fails to keep me entertained. One quick note from last week's episode and one aptly asked question. One, I actually really enjoy Kate's awful dancing and didn't feel it was out of character. I feel Luke has become almost like her little brother, and those dance moves were just her way of having fun by deliberately being an awkward big sister. That's an interesting perspective on it. Okay, I can accept that. I'm I'm willing to accept it. It was still painfully awkward, and I hope – I really don't – I don't know if I ever want to see that again. <laughs> But yeah, I don't I think do I like, ever need to I don't think I ever need to see that level of awkwardness again. I do like the spin of it. Question. Since I first started watching Batwoman, I had I've had a suspicion that either late this season or early next season they're going to give Sophie the vigilant the vigil anti role of the question instead of bringing in someone to play Renee Montoya. Any thoughts on my theory? All the best, Ava. So this is a good theory because you've you've had Renee Montoya in Birds of Prey, the movie. So I don't know if they're gonna. So I don't know if they would bring her into the Arrowverse. Um, 
And I think Sophie can kind of fill out that role. Renee Montoyo is a, was a GCPD police officer. Um, her and Kate had a, had a relationship. She becomes a vigilante of the question who um, wears a, wears a mask, but it's pretty much just like a blank face mask. Wears the, the, the noir style wide brim hat and trench coat and is a really like hard boiled detective character that really likes conspiracy theories. Um, so I think they could, I think you can get Sophie in there instead of Renee Montoya. I don't know how well the, the uh, fan base will accept it. And I also don't know how you would pry Sophie away from the crows. Um, the only way I could see her being pried away from the crows is if she chooses to quit the crows because Jacob is very anti-Batwoman. Yeah, I mean, that is very possible. I mean, because she was already fired from the crows because of her Batwoman affiliate before, but came back because of the whole conspiracy thing. So, I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. It's very possible, and I wouldn't mind seeing Sophie as the question. Like I said, that way you don't have to bring in yet another character, although I really like Renee Montoya as a character. I also, Like I said, I also really like um, Maggie Sawyer as a character. There are definitely plenty of characters that have been connected to Kate that they could bring in, so it'll be interesting to see like what they do with seasons down the road. Those are the two emails. Thank you for writing in. Thank you. Uh, So we are going to start on season one, episode 19, A Secret Kept from All the Rest. We start off with Hush breaking into, well, not really breaking into, but ransacking Gotham University's library and taking a hostage who just appears to be pouring over, is working on some sort of project, pouring over several books. All that we really get from this scene is uh, Hush shooting a bunch of people on his way in and telling the person he's kidnapping Hush. That's all. And the only thing I thought about in this opening scene was that the people who have come out probably love this scene because of the importance of the Hush character, but it didn't really land that well for me just because I don't have that, but I still thought it was awesome. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. And as a comic book person and someone who absolutely loves the hush storyline, I, I really enjoyed it because he's, his look is very comic accurate. Even, even though his character is a little not, I, I feel he's a little bit more stoic in the comics than they portray him on the show, which is fine. I think that's it's the actor choice. that they chose because I think that I think that's just the way the actor should to play yeah. him because he's never really been one to do a whole stoic thing, which is fine because I love him. Yeah, it's fine. It's a choice. I don't dislike it. Um, so I will say, like, I got really happy seeing him on screen for the first time in the Hush outfit, but. This and this goes to the to the culture that we're in as far as the internet culture. 
you know, they they put out the the publicity photos two weeks ago with him in the full outfit. So like that's when I really got excited and it kind of takes away from seeing it for the first time on screen, oh. which is something I didn't oh, see. Not like. See, and I don't even even though I do even though we do the Batwoman podcast, I'm not one to like look for major spoilers on the CW shows. I kind of like to watch it and just kind of be surprised. So I've actually been mostly able to avoid Batwoman spoilery stuff, which kind of makes me happy. So I wonder what I would have thought had I actually had any comic book knowledge. I mean, it wasn't really a spoiler. You knew where they were going. Like, it was obvious where they were going with the character. And you're right. Like, I I do the same thing. I don't really seek out spoilers, but stuff like casting and production photos, I tend to have, like, I tend to have at least four or five friends send to me as soon as they get released so gotcha. I don't even yeah. I don't even have to go out and look for them. They kind of get thrown in your lap like here. Yeah, we have Kate on her motorcycle driving through the city, showing up at Regan's, breaking down the this door. This was awesome. <laughs> breaking down the door. And, Re- and Regan's, Regan's like, I double locked that. I like how Regan just has pepper spray. Like. What is pepper spray gonna do for you? Now, granted, she doesn't know she's Batwoman, so so fine. But she has pepper spray, and she's like, "I had that double." No, like see, what the- doesn't she know she's Batwoman though? Because how would she know to steal the journal from her while sleeping with her otherwise? That makes the no sense. Why would um, Kate have the journal that she stole unless she's Batwoman? Kate. Well, Kate had said when they were outside before before the sexy time, um, when they were outside and she was saying like, oh, Batwoman was here. And Kate's like, yeah, she was helping me. She was helping me track down something. But she never said what that something was. No, but at, at that point, like, like. Um, Regan knew why Batwoman was there because Magpie was there. So Magpie's like, Batwoman's after this journal. When Kate said Batwoman was tracking something for her, she kind of put two and two together. I I don't think she thinks she's Batwoman. I think she knows she's Batwoman, but she's not letting on that she knows. But I guess we'll see or Maybe. not. I don't know. Because yeah, I, I still I still think that. I still think that Kate was the target even from the first time they met. I mean, it's it's possible, but I don't I don't think so. I think the first time around it was happenstance, and then the second time around it was. No, because again, even in the previous, even in the previous Leon, they played that scene with Regan and her sister, and she's like, "I'm done being your." I forget how she worded it, but basically, you know, she's the one who looks for the marks and then is supposed to fault, like, supposed to woo them so that they do whatever they need to do. Only this time she actually fell for Kate. So I think even the first time was also a setup, especially since her main episode was the first time we saw Magpie. I don't think that was an accident. I mean, you could be right. I just, I, 
I don't know. I wanna I wanna believe that the first time around she was. She, I mean, yeah, even even realistic. if it even if it was a setup, she could still have genuine feelings for her, have actually fallen for her because like like Magpie said, she fell for the mark. Now she didn't specify at which point she became the mark, but I would have to imagine it was all the way back from the first time they met. I'll be interested to see what our listeners think and if any of them email us and let us know on this. Yeah. So Regan pretty much tells Kate everything. She's like, I'm, you know, Magpie's my sister. I got the journal to trade for her so she could trade for her freedom at Arkham. I don't know who she was getting the journal for. You know, so she's about as upfront with Kate as as she could be. Kate leaves her alone. She also mentions that a British woman uh, asked her pretty much the same questions, only had a knife to her throat while asking them. We so go, that's I... why she was suspicious of Julia. I missed that. Yes, that is that is why. Because she doesn't give her her name. She just holds a knife to her throat asking her about the about the journal. We oh. go but we go over to Arkham, and Alice is there with Mouse, Hush, and Dr. Carr, who was the person that Hush kidnapped at the beginning. They have him hooked up to the electricity and keep zapping him, trying to get him to decode Lucius Fox's journal. They're trying to ECT the code out of him. I was dying. I know that's not supposed to be funny, but there were a lot of moments in this episode that really were just unintentionally hilarious or like <laughs> lines that were supposed to come across super creepy that just really just made me laugh. You are one weird person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, them like their dialogue during it, I've I found funny at times. So I I kind of understand Essentially, Alice, you know, Alice turns up the electricity all the way up and ends up frying him to death. They get, you know, Hush gets upset because he's like, you got to give these people more than 10 minutes to to figure out what's going on. She wants to bring in Luke. Mouse doesn't want to because he thinks it'll attract the attention of Batwoman, which it would. Mm-hmm. So they have to figure out another person to go kidnap. Um, there's a... There's a scene with the crows pretty much going over the going over the first kidnapping and how somebody else had been kidnapped. While that person was kidnapped, they dumped the body of the of Dr. Carr and that it's essentially the same person that that kidnapped them both. Julia is getting coffee at a machine and why the crows have a vending machine and not just free coffee for their employees, I don't know. They're a multi-million dollar in- corporation. Just give your employees coffee. It's, yeah, like making them pay for terrible coffee just seems cruel. Yeah, like I, like what the hell? So Kate shows up and is like, hey, Julia, you know, why did you threaten Regan? She's like, I was trying to find the journal. Why didn't you tell her your name? So... Julia's defenses kind of go up. Like, we know she's lying. We know she has an ulterior motive. Kate is kind of thinking she has an ulterior motive. But Julia kind of puts up the defenses and like, well, because Regan kind of screwed you over, now I'm trying to screw you over. Which isn't wrong. Like, this seems to be the jump 
Kate is making, although Kate does reference the fact that Julia has lied to her in the past, or at least she feels she she lied to her in the past. Don't forget, back in the day, Bruce had her Bruce had her um, connect with Kate in order to keep an eye on her. Now Julia has freely admitted that and has kind of said like her her being involved with Kate in a relationship wasn't part of that. But how do you know? You really don't. Right. And after after this thing with Regan, it's not that like it's a very similar feeling for Kate. And I I like that Kate had her guard up and I like that even though what Julia was saying made complete sense and could be a valid argument, I kind of like that Kate still knew she was full of it. I mean, yeah, and I think that's it's one of those downsides. Like, I, I kind of wish we weren't in on the fact that she was full of it because I would oh, like to have known, like, what my thought process would have been seeing that scene and being like, huh, is there something there or not? I don't know who's, whose side I would be on on that. Yeah, it, it would be interesting, like, if we didn't know, like, where it would fall and where we would think Kate's motivations for believing the worst out of Julia are coming from. Yeah. I mean, that's a typical, like, bat family thing. You always assume the worst in people because that tends to be how it is in Gotham. But, um, like I said, there, there's definitely parallels of what Regan did and what Kate thinks julia did or at least she's hurt enough right now to kind of make that connection i think if she really thought that she wouldn't have allowed julia kind of back into her life even to the point of sleeping with her like a couple episodes ago right um so they have they have that little scene now we go to kate luke and mary <laughs> at, at Wayne Tower and Kate's kind of going over the stuff with Luke and she even brings up the fact that she thinks Julia is lying and Luke, Luke is very quick to say uh, Luke, no she's not I trust her yeah Luke is defending her Luke has known her since since they were kids obviously um, be, hmm? question does no. Was there ever a romantic thing between Julia and Luke? Does Julia play for one team or both teams? Um, I don't know, but they haven't they haven't um said that they were an item. Just that Luke Fox is her godfather. So it would it would it would lead to it would lead you to believe that they would have been close growing up. Okay, I wasn't sure because there there was a line or something that he said right before he said that he's known her basically his entire life. I thought he said something about them being in a relationship, but I wasn't sure. No, I think I think Kate mentioned something like that, like Kate's talking about herself. Okay, that's where I was confused. <laughs> yeah, because that's when she comes out and like she's pretty much telling Luke like. You know, she was paid by Bruce to be friends with me, and we had a relationship. So, like, I'm used to her lying, or I know, like, what she's capable of. Mary, during this... It's just going down. No, my... She's like... (laughs) At first, she's like, well, 
I need a day drink. <laughs> so she walks over, starts making a drink, and Kate, you know, the, then they start talking about the journal, and Luke brings up the fact that Kate left the book on her nightstand while she was banging a bartender. <laughs> And Mary's just like, oh, damn. That was my favorite. Because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. So Luke, they end up, they kind of, they kind of go their separate ways. Luke goes storming out as Mary, like, go, like, as he's storming past Mary, Mary, like, <laughs> sticks out her hand to give him a drink. And he just goes storming by, and she's like, all right, this one's mine now. (laughs) I thought Mary was going to stop him from leaving and, like, try to play mediator in that moment. And I was like, oh, that's not what this is. Nope. No, Mary's entire role in this episode was commentator. Was was the audience. Literally, yeah. No, totally. And I loved it. You know, same thing, same thing with, um, with the, with the hacker later on. Oh, I, oh, good. I couldn't remember her name either. Glad it wasn't Um, yeah, she was, she was back from, like, one of the very early episodes. She was the, um, she was the hacker that released, like, the governor's financial info. Yeah. Right. I remember who she was. I just couldn't remember her name. Yeah. So... We have Alice, Alice, Hush, Mouse in Arkham again, kind of doing the same thing with the new guy, killing him because that's what they do. Like, read this. Oh, you can't. All right. You're dead. Next. Uh, Hush. This is the uh, Hush and Mouse don't get along well. No, they don't. Yeah. Mouse is really comfortable with the reason why Mouse doesn't want to bring in Batwoman into this because he's very comfortable with what's going on. Like he's fine living in Arkham because they essentially have the run of the place. They can come and go when they when they want. They have a bed. They are essentially shielded from any of the elements. They have they have um, their meals kind of provided for them. They don't really need much else. Like, he thinks this is their Wonderland. He even said, we found our Wonderland. Right. Alice, to a point, is really just blinded with getting revenge on Kate. Which I can't blame her. Right. And killing Batwoman. Now, I don't know if this is, like, I don't know if this is overriding her... Logical thought? Her logical thought to the kind of situation that they've kind of set up for themselves. Or if she's always... Like, she doesn't really care. Like, she only really cares about her own interests. And I think she's so betrayed by what they did. Yeah. That that's what's motivating her every moment right now. Which is very possible. I mean, I'm I definitely think that is the leading theory. But this is the first time I've kind of felt like you see Alice the way Cartwright saw her. And that is like her kind of using mouse to, for her own ends. Like, obviously like they were always doing stuff together that furthered Alice's plans, but this is the first time like, you feel like she's just straight using him and it's not. Because I think honestly, what happened changed her. Yeah. Because think about it. 
when when Mouse was under the influence of the fear toxin, yeah, he tried to kill her. He did. And then her actual family locked her in an insane asylum. And not they to did. mention all of the all of the stuff from when she was under the fear toxin. I think it's all just kind of come together and just sort of hardened whatever heart she had. She's gonna Does... harden her heart. <laughs> <laughs> I you know no that's fine I just I, I I get it because she's been through a lot but I also think that she now realizes that the only person she can really trust is herself yeah because the one person she did trust you know apart from her family was Mouse and under the guise of the fear toxin you know his loyalty to her didn't override that fear yeah so I think that might have changed something in their dynamic. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think she is just kind of blinded with rage. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how their relationship is at the end of this, because it's not in a good place at the end of this episode. Um, but there's a couple things we there's a couple things that we find out. One thing we find out about Mouse's past and and then something to pertain to the rest of the episode one we find out how mouse got the scar apparently according to hush it was from making out with a radiator oh, I, that one made me laugh um <laughs> i wasn't expecting it and then it just came out of his mouth and i was like what the hell is he even talking about I, so conf- I mean, it, it was a funny line and it made me laugh, but I was entirely so. And then they come up with the idea of kidnapping Parker because she is a hacker and she's been able to decrypt stuff in the past. So Hush goes out, kidnaps Parker, who's on the phone with her girlfriend at the time of the kidnapping. Thank God for FaceTime. <laughs> we go over to back to Wayne Tower, and now Mary is talking to Kate. And is like, um, you need Luke. Before that, they're talking about Dr. Carr, who was found dead. And they talk about... Is this when they talk about the pacemaker, or is that later? Uh, This is the scene. It's later on in the scene. Okay. So so they're talking about Dr. Carr died, how Dr. Carr died, and Mary's kind of looking up information about him said he had had heart problems already and she's like look you need you need Luke to help you on this it's time to apologize as they're talking the phone starts ringing to a very confused Mary who starts she's like looking around like god is calling <laughs> she's like wait you have a landline my my favorite is her like reaction when it first starts ringing like her trying to find out where this ringing is coming from and then finds it in a box that's closed on the desk and she's like you have a landline (laughs) she even goes to pick it up and kate just like presses a button and and mary's like holding the receiver and she just like sheepishly puts it down afterwards (laughs) so it was parker's girlfriend gina um who said like oh she, you know i'm her girlfriend she said she knew you and she told me to call you this is you know we were facetiming the camera went shaky, and she said to call you. And she's like, all right, I'll, you know, all right, I'm on it. They kind of, her and Mary kind of quickly deduce that um, they're kidnapped by Hush. So they're trying to figure out exactly. Did we skip a scene? 
I feel like we did. Did we did we skip the scene where where or part of the scene where Kate and Mary are talking and they realize that Hush has the journal and that they're kidnapping code breakers because or were we just about to get there? I mean, I think we I think we skipped over that scene, but I was actually about to fold it into this one. So, yeah. Okay. so they've they've kind of deducted that they're stealing code breakers, but they can't figure out where he's taking them or at least they hush is in on this. He's got the journal again. I mean, he's had the journal to begin with, so it would be natural like he would wind up with the journal back. He's kidnapping the code breakers, trying to figure out what's in the journal. Um, trying to figure out how to pinpoint him, Mary comes up with the idea that, well, they both kind of come up with the idea that uh, Dr. Carr had a pacemaker and that you, you would be able to ping the pacemaker to find out when, you know, when it stopped transmitting and that would lead you to where he was being held. It's a great idea. They're both really excited. But they, they both, both have, have no, no idea, idea how to, how to do it. it. <laughs> like, because Mary's we like, could, so we could trace the pig, and Mary's like, trace yes, it. yep. <laughs> Kate's like, right. So trace it. Okay. Do you know nope. how to trace it? No. <laughs> nope. All right. That's what we use Luke for. Now, now they know Hush kidnapped uh, Parker from school, so they kind of have a general idea of where he is. <laughs> Mary goes down to the <laughs> goes down to the Bat Cave. To beat Luke as as Batwoman is now driving on the motorcycle to intercept Hush, and we get Mary in front of the computer trying to guide Kate. She's like, North, wait, she... I guess. And my favorite thing though is she's like, wait, are we supposed to be using our yep. real names? <laughs> Mary to Kate. <laughs> wait, are we supposed to be using code names? No, no, you're not, Mary. Never. And then she just starts hitting buttons and shuts down the computer. <laughs> She's like, I, you might be going the wrong way down a one-way street. Which, I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so she's, she's about as helpful as, like, episode one Luke. <laughs> Kate intercepts the car. Oh, this was so badass. Sticks the sticks the harpoon of the motorcycle into the car to stop it. Hush comes out with the dual pistol, starts shooting. No one ever fires at the face mask. Fire at skin, people. And then she just, like, did she grapple hook the guns out of his hand? Uh, no, she throws a batarang and sticks him in the leg. And he kind of falls. Oh, I thought and she, it, like, snatched a gun, the guns out of his hand. And then no, she so bataranged him. Um... He limps over, steals a car, and takes off. And Kate is left with Parker. Uh, Batwoman is left with Parker, just kind of standing on the interstate, chilling. <laughs> that's that's essentially how it's left. But yeah, Mary should never be allowed near the Bat computer again. Never. Like I don't know what button she's pressing, but it starts shutting down. She was trying to zoom in to see exactly where she was. <laughs> I guess she thought it was like uh, like the Maps app where, like, you could kind of see a location and then zoom in to, like, get more specific street information. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, Mary. Like, you're making Luke look smart. And that's because difficult Luke, to do. 
Okay, no, you're not you're not gonna do my boy like that. Luke is smart. But to defend Mary, Mary has no idea how this particular system works. She's a she's a doctor. Yes, she's a doctor and she's a sciencey type person. Like she figured things out, but this particular system is not a twenty twenty system. You know, that gets brought up later on, and I have an issue with that. Like, this is supposed to be the most sophisticated computer. And, like, Parker looks at it, and it's like, this is a sundial. Like, what are you doing with this? Well, I mean, think about it. That's probably been around for as long as Bruce has been Batman and has just been updated throughout time. But, I mean, it doesn't exactly look modern. It looks like it's from the 80s. That's because it's square. It's very bulky and square. They don't have LCD monitors. You technophiles and your new gadgets every three days. (laughs) When I was young, we had Atari and Pong, and we liked it. (laughs) Look, I'm I'm not to the level where I'm waiting online at the Apple store to get every new phone when they come out. But I appreciate newer technology when I see it. Back in my day, we used to have to use a dial-up connection to get on AOL. I remember those days. And that (sighs) dial-up connection used to hurt your ears. Yes. I remember remember having to actually ask permission from my mother to actually go on the internet and only be allowed to be on the internet for like two hours at a time because the phone lines weren't allowed to be tied up for that long. Yep. No, that was... Yeah, I was so happy when when a cable was a thing. When broadband came out, it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Back, back to, back to Arkham Asylum. Hush comes limping in. Alice sees him and is like, "Oh, thank you for joining." She starts talking to a mop. <laughs> like. Thank you for joining us. And then she picks up the mop and it's like, I'm a teen. I have angst. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I'm a teen. I have angst. Like, yep, she nailed it. Like, that's that's a teen. <sighs> so Hush is like, I'm sorry. I have a battering sticking on my leg. I don't care. <laughs> Batwoman showed up and took the girl. Mouse is naturally upset. Alice is like, all right, we've tried it your way. Three strikes, you're out. We're, now we're taking Luke. Like, this is, this is what we're doing now. Luke shows up at the Crow's headquarters to talk to Julia. And he's like, hey, why are you lying? Why are you I lying, I was please? so proud of him in this scene. Because even though he wanted to believe in his friend, he still trusted Kate enough to look into what she was saying. Yep. He's like, what up? You're lying. You don't even work for the British intelligence anymore. And Julia's like, all right, we'll go somewhere and talk. (laughs) Kate brings, Kate brings, uh, Parker. Parker. Yep. For some reason, I just want to keep calling her Paige. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why either, but kind of me too. (laughs) I, I like the name Paige. It's just, when I think of a P word for for a name, I think of Paige. Anyway, so she takes her into the Batcave, and, she's, and Parker's just like, 
Wow, I thought the whole like bat cave thing was. Uh, what did she say? A euphemism? Was a euphemism, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't want to know what bat cave would be a euphemism for, but okay. And then bats literally go flying by her, and she just looks so <laughs> astonished. And Kate's like, "Yep, not a euphemism." And Mary's like, "Oh, what exactly is this? Who are you, and why are you oh, here?" Mary <laughs> is pissed. <laughs> Mary's like, oh, hell no. No. I had to fight Claw. I had to get my mother murdered. I had to get kidnapped and shot and stabbed. And this girl gets to walk into the Batcave? What is going on? I was dying. I was Mary, this whole episode just killed me. But that in particular, like her jealousy and her anger. It just made me laugh. So, so she's like, look, she's going to help us. It's fine. And, and Mary's like, you need to get Luke back here. Like, get him back here. As Parker's just kind of like in wonder looking around the cave. And Mary just like <laughs> turns like, and who are you? Like, <laughs> And why are you here? Yeah. Julia and Luke are talking. And Luke's like, you got fired. What happened? And Julia's like, look, it's fine. I was doing some work on the side and they didn't like it. So they got rid of me. He's like, this doesn't add up. Like, you're not telling me something. He gets a call from Kate from an unknown number and says, you know, where are you? I'm going to pick you up. Did, um, did you realize in this moment what was about to happen? Yes. I did not. And was Just because shocked. it said unknown caller. And, and I, I didn't catch that. So Yeah, it, it said unknown caller. So And then when I hear Kate's voice, I'm like, well, that's weird. Why is it saying unknown caller from Kate? And he even kind of mentions it. He's like, whose phone are you calling from? They hang up, and Luke is like, so are you going to tell Kate or am I? Because one of us is telling her. Sophie is talking to uh, Jacob about about what's going on. It's a quick scene. Nothing really. Nothing really. I feel like Jacob. Jacob um, lifts the bat, lifts the batarang, and is like, you know, there was a fight on the interstate. There could have been more people hurt. He's like, he's so done with Batwoman. And, and Sophie. I feel is, like that might be why, because you said that there was gonna there that next week feels like there's closure to this stuff, right? Yeah. I wonder if that's because the last two episodes were going to be Jacob versus Batwoman and then Jacob finding out that Batwoman was Kate. It's very possible. So Sophie that is there with friction because she's like, you know, you know how I feel about Batwoman. She's like she's helping. She's not the menace that you think she is. We go back to Julia and Luke and Julia's like, you know, we can't tell Kate. And Luke is like, look, I just had a fight with Kate over whether or not you were telling the truth and you're not one of us is telling her phone rings again it's kate it says so on the caller id and luke is like oh you're already here and kate's like i have no idea what you're talking about hush shows up behind them takes them hostage and this was the moment i went oh great job secret service julia letting a guy creep up on you like that this this moment, like it wasn't until Kate called and it was actually Kate that right. I was like, uh oh, something's not right. Yeah. 
But so, the moment where Hush actually showed up with the guns, I would I literally yelled, "Oh my god!" at the TV. <laughs> so if we go back to Arkham with Julia strapped into the ECT chair and Luke kind of strapped into a chair with the journal in front of him and the creepiest scene of Mouse speaking like Kate. Yes. Oh, that was so creepy. Yes. And Alice pretty much telling Luke, like, you're going to you're going to decode this. Otherwise, we're going to fry Julia like bacon. Luke's like, I can't figure out what my dad was was doing. He was, you know, he was a Mensa. He had an IQ of 163. And I'm Luke. I agree. You're not your dad. But I love that Julia had faith in him and that Julia was like, you can do this. I mean, Julia didn't really have much else. She she was strapped into electricity and they no, already I, shocked her a few times. So she, her brain cells were not that. You just look for any reason you can to devalue Luke. All I'm saying is Parker could have replaced Luke if needed. I would want that, though. I love Luke. I know you do. But sometimes <laughs> if sometimes what you have to do with the things you love is set it free. And if it comes back to you, it was meant to be. Not in TV land. We don't we don't play by those rules in TV land. <laughs> so essentially Luke has to figure out how th- this weird cipher that Lu- uh, Lucius Fox did for his journals, which seemed like some weird form of hieroglyphics. And it was it uses different alphabets and different languages. Yes. And... Like it uses Aramaic and Babylonian. And, like, it just uses a lot of stuff. It uses all the things. Yeah. Like, Luke started explaining it, and I easily, like, just, my eyes glazed over. Yeah, he said it was, like, he had to figure out which, in which order all the different languages went, and it was all basically, he basically turned into the teacher from Charlie Brown. Yep. That was basically it. (laughs) So that is what's happening with Luke and Julia. Although nothing really is happening with Julia except being strapped into a chair, getting electrocuted. Um, Which is weird because, I don't know. I don't know how I like Julia being... I think damsel in distress would be... would not be like the most accurate thing. But it just seems weird seeing Julia in that situation. But I, I can okay. This this is my logical brain coming out, and I have a weird talent for being able to justify almost anything. So follow me here. Maybe she was kind of off her game because of the conversation she was having with Luke beforehand. So she wasn't a hundred percent on her game in that moment when Hush came up, mm-hmm. and then once she was off her game, she never really got a chance to get back on her game. Okay. That makes sense. Back in the back in the Batcave, um, Kate is trying to text Luke, and he's like, he's not answering me, and asks Mary to try it, and she's like, it's green, which leads me to believe that Mary and Luke both own iPhones, and Kate yes. does not. Yes. I said the same thing. I was like, oh, they're iPhone people, which I think we knew that Mary was because she's dropped a pin a couple times for different I mean, places. 
I mean, that and it's Mary. Like, Mary is definitely... An Apple person. Yeah. So they're, so they're trying to figure out what happened to Luke, and they notice that Sophie is coming up the elevator. So Kate has to quickly... Kate has to quickly go to the office, pick up a random folder, and start reading. Sophie comes in, <laughs> asks her if she's seen Julia. <laughs> Why are you asking? Because I know what's coming. What is coming? Go ahead. The the conversation we talked about earlier, but what I didn't mention before, was also that um, Mary and Parker are in the Batcave listening to this conversation and commentating on it. They were basically me watching every TV show I ever watched. <laughs> so, so Parker is like, who is this girl? And she's like, and Mary's like, hey, that's Kate's ex. Like, Parker, you're in high school, and Sophie is easily, like, mid-20s. <laughs> like, down girl. Right, like, slow your roll. Yeah. And Sophie's like, you know, have you seen Julia? You know, can you ask her? You know, and Kate's like, I'll tell her to check in. I know you guys have been hanging out. And <laughs> then Parker's like, who's Julia? <laughs> and, and Mary's Mary's like Kate's other ex and Parker's eyes just light up like she wanted popcorn that minute yes so Sophie and Kate are talking and she's like is this a problem because if it is I'll keep it platonic meaning it wasn't it was already heading to not being platonic, although we we've seen it in their looks. Yeah, no, it's totally been there, but this is her acknowledging it and being like, "Look, we're heading down this road. Are you cool with it? Because if you're not, I'll put the brakes on it." Which, yeah. like I said before, I hate this trope so much. Like, you don't need to ask permission to have a relationship, especially to your ex. Like, are you cool with me moving on with your ex? Just seems like a very strange conversation to have. Well, I mean, it's a, it's essentially like where, you know, it's like it's acknowledging that you two are friends. Is it fine for me to date your ex? I mean, most of the time, friends would do that anyway. Like, it doesn't. I don't think it has anything to do with Sophie and Kate dating I, as much see, as like your you're dating your friend's ex. That's like if there was no history between Sophie and Kate, I might be better about it. Like if Sophie went to Mary and said, hey, can I date this girl who's your friend? And like, are you cool with that? Fine. Totally fine. But it just it feels like Sophie is getting permission from her ex-girlfriend to move on. And if Kate said no, she would not. So how much power does Kate actually have over her? Yeah. I mean, Kate definitely – I think if Kate snapped her fingers, Sophie – Would come running. Right. Which I don't Which I don't hate. It's especially just, now that she's out to her mother. Which have they – they themselves haven't even discussed that yet, which is another weird thing too. Like, hey, I know you don't know that I'm out yet, but can I date this chick? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just – it was all weird. Like – did Kate even congratulate her on, you know, being out? Well, no, she hasn't told Kate yet. Kate only knows from Julia. Right. But 
but even like in asking her this question, wouldn't she then say, well, okay, obviously you're getting ready to date. So does that mean that you've talked like that you're out and you're not keeping this a secret anymore? That would be my first question. Mm, True. I don't know. These are weird conversations. (laughs) So you have Parker and Mary listening into this conversation. And as Sophie asked for permission, Parker's just yelling at the computer screen like, no, tell her you love her. Which is exactly what I would do if I was watching that. And Kate's like, nope, yep, cool, totally good, (laughs) have fun. Over in Arkham, we see – we see Julie, Julia frying through the electricity, and her and Luke kind of have a heart-to-heart as Hush leaves because Luke's like, look, I need time, and you you know, you know, electrocuting Julia in front of me is not going to help whatsoever. No, it's just going to make it be slower. Right. So he's like, all right, you got 10 minutes. I'll be back. Make sure you, you, know, make sure you show your work because if you lie to us, she's going to be dead. Julia kind of kind of gives Luke a rah-rah speech that, you know, he can figure it out. He's just as smart as his father. Luke doesn't really believe her, but is like, all right, I guess there's we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> we go over to Mouse and Alice talking about about how Alice's Alice's vendetta against Batwoman and Kate is kind of putting where they are and what they're doing in jeopardy. Which he's not wrong. He's not, but she doesn't care. Like he just, he's not getting that. Like no matter what he says, it's not going to matter because all it's like, she is just, she's revenge driven right now. She's revenge driven, but she's also always been kind of like singular motive. Like whatever her motive is, or whatever she yeah she's she always had tunnel do. vision right it's always been like that doesn't matter what's on the periphery or what gets scorched it's always like that we go over to back to the bat cave with mary parker and kate in which they're still trying to figure out how to ping how to ping the pacemaker from uh from the dead doctor car we find out that there are three doctor cars or three cars with the same first name that all have pacemakers and she, you know, Kate asks, "Can you find out which one, which one is the one that we're looking for?" She's like, "I need something better." They point to the back computer, and she's like, "That's a sundial. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand this." <laughs> she's she like, does, "How do you get anything done with this?" Yeah, like I don't. So she grabs a bunch of wires and hooks up a laptop to kind of, to kind of figure out where this is. Back over to Arkham, Luke is talking to Julia, and he's like, all right, I figured out that, you know, Aramaic's part of this, so is ancient Babylonian. And then he's, again, like, this is, he just keeps blabbing out technical terms. Okay, so basically, the the bottom line of this is he realizes that his, his dad could have used... He knew his dad was smart, so he wasn't going to use numbers that didn't mean anything to break the code. So at first, he thought he might use numbers that were important to his father. And then Luke went, no, wait a second. He's going to use something that might be more important to me. And he realized that his social security number was the cipher, or at least. Right. 
So that was that was the numerical cipher to figure out the, what the order letters. of the yeah the order of the languages and the letters. I don't think any of it made sense. I'm sure I'm sure it was very sound logic, and that it that it fits. But I feel like there was just a lot of information that went about as far over my head as humanly possible. Me too. I mean, I kind of understood it, but not enough to be able to, like, intellectually replay it back. Yeah. <laughs> back at the Batcave, Parker is trying to figure out which one of the which one of the doctor cars they need to ping. And is like, well, I need to be I need to be careful. Otherwise, we'll end up killing the other two. Oh, yeah. Cars <laughs> to which Mary's like, is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything I can do to help? To which Parker just like doesn't even turn around. She kind of like gives a half turn. She's like, can you bypass the data throttle to help me get more speed out of this heap? And Mary just looks at her blankly and is like, nope. Nope. (laughs) She's like, well, then leaving me alone will be good. Mary just kind of like nods her head and goes walking off. Is this when she finds... Yeah, she goes through the box of Lucius Fox's stuff, and she finds an old baby picture of Luke, and she's like, oh, look at your cute little Luke baby. He really was cute. And then she finds glasses, and she's like, oh, these are so stylish. And she notices... I knew something was going to happen when she put them on. I just wasn't sure what. And she notices um, something happens when she starts looking through them. So she just kind of looks through random things with while with them on and she notices that when she looks at the journal it it decodes everything so you can read it she tells kate kate looks at it and is like i see what they did back over to arkham looks like i figured it out i've cracked this code that it's not gonna matter in about five minutes because because we found the, the the glasses and julia's like all right great so when they come back in he's like no i can't tell them like because it's the secret it's yeah, the secret to killing to killing Batman or Batwoman. He's like we can't tell them. You know, we can't give this information to the least stable mentally stable person in Gotham, which is a stretch. Like that's a pretty that's a I pretty mean, big jump to be it, the least mentally stable person in Gotham. Okay. I don't even think he was just meaning Alice at that point. You've got Alice, you've got Mouse, you've got Hush. Any one of the three would be considered the least mentally stable. I mean, it's not – I mean, look at the situation that they're in. They're not exactly the paragons of sanity right now. No, but I feel like that's specific to Alice. I think the other ones have some sort of grasp on reality. Mouse definitely doesn't. Are you kidding? Maybe. Hush does. Mouse does not. Because Hush is a sociopath. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, re- I really can't argue with you. <laughs> Back at the bad cave, Parker's like, yo, Arkham. That's where they be. And Kate's like, so Regan stole the thing to get Magpie out of Arkham. So, of course, it's at Arkham. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, Kate, it's a weird full circle moment. Yep. Kate puts on the mask. Jumps on the bat bike, goes rappelling into Arkham through apparently a sunroof that they have. 
which I did not know was a thing. Yeah, I I don't know where she grapples in and out of at times, and this is one of those. Like, she just grapples into the foyer stairwell, and I'm like... Okay, it, sure. Like, yep, yeah, whatever. Like, except <laughs> there was a sunroof, like, you just broke it to come through. And like, there was, was no the, glass or anything. Right, was the door not good enough for you... I mean, it's not really as badass. I guess. Takes out two, <laughs> takes out two security guards, puts on her tech to kind of, to kind of listen to the various sounds in the asylum to kind of track where, where Hush is, and he, and she hears um, the electricity being pumped through Julia, so she's like, yeah, that's probably it. it goes in that direction. The crows hear about Batwoman being spotted at Arkham. Jacob's like, great, we're still picking up people from the last time there was a breakout at Arkham. Alice is the, you know, Alice has got, got Julia. She's frying her. She's like, look, she's not going to be able to take much more of this. Just tell me. And Luke's like, nope, we've, you know, we're fine if we have to die. Kate comes, uh, Batwoman comes breaking in, throws the batarang. Puts a puts the batarang through the machinery used to fry people, so that stops. Kate basically tells Alice, like, you know, give me them too, and you can have these glasses that decodes the entire journal. Luke says you can't. She's like, I, shut up, Luke. And he's like, this contains the secret to killing you. She's like, I don't care. That's my deal. The glasses for them too. Alice was like, all right. She takes the glasses and makes sure they're real. You know, she's not going to trust Kate anymore, which I I can't blame her. I don't blame her. No. So she looked. I was really waiting for her to kind of like to kind of go back on her deal with Kate after she had the glasses. But she didn't. She lets Luke and Alice go. Um, But during this, like, I really wanted to know, like, in his mind, like when Kate kind of. Uh, when Batwoman kind of barges through and is like, I have these glasses that decode the journal. Like, I can just imagine in Luke's head going, really? I spent all that time and there's glasses that decode the journal that were in the Batcave? Part of me feels like he might be frustrated, but part of me also feels like he might be okay with the fact that he was able to crack the code because he always believed that he was never as good as his father. He said that in in the scene with Julia earlier. So I think part of him is just kind of okay with the fact, like, I mean, he broke the code. Yeah. And yeah, he, there was an easier way to go about it, which would be frustrating. But he also now knows that he could do it, which yeah. I think is a great confidence booster for him. So they're, they're leaving Arkham and Kate's like, and Batwoman's like, all right. You know, you and Julia go. I'm going back to get the to get the journal. As Kate is going back, a guard sees her, hits the alarm button, sirens going off. Alice tells Hush to go get the van ready, and they'll you know they'll meet him over by the air ducts. Mouse comes running in in his doctor outfit and is like, "You got to get back to your cell, otherwise people are gonna find out what's going on." Alice grabs his security key. And opens up every cell because it's been a week since Arkham had a breakout, so it's overdue. So full-on riot in Arkham. A nice sequence. We get a really good action sequence of Batwoman using her bow, taking out taking out a bunch of inmates in a 
in almost like a dining a mess hall. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. We have a inmate come running by the room where Alice and Mouse is, throws a Molotov cocktail to set a fire. Mouse is trying to put out the fire, and Alice just like tears off his face and throws it into the fire and is like, we're leaving. Like, oh, my is, God. We're done now. The, that that was the moment I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Mouse was really like attached to this. So it's going to be interesting to see where the fallout is of of Alice doing that. Considering the title of next week's episode, I believe, is Oh Mouse or something like that. So I think it's going to be a mouse-centric episode. So it's going to be very interesting well, to it's see the where last this goes. Episode. No, I know it's the last episode, but I also think we're going to be getting more of Mouse's backstory within yeah. the episode. Yeah. Batwoman fights her way to the to – the, room where Alice and Mouse were. They're no longer there. Kate goes running off trying to find them. The crows show up at Arkham to kind of help quell what is going on. And Jacob's like, see? See what happens? Like, Batwoman shows up and everyone's running amok. Arkham, you know, there's people breaking out of Arkham. There's a riot. I don't know. There's just a lot of there's a lot of chaos there's a lot of chaos as to why and why jacob doesn't like batwoman is uh is becoming more and more understandable but this this wasn't really batwoman's fault i mean alice is the one who opened up all the doors yeah but i mean her and alice are uh twins if I mean, if Batwoman didn't go back in to get the journal, I'm pretty sure Alice still would have opened up all the doors and the riot still would have happened. Um, well, if the security guard doesn't see Batwoman, he doesn't hit the alarm, which then causes Alice to do that. Oh, true. So it is all it is all Batwoman's fault. Yeah, I could I could definitely see where the end of the season would have been Batwoman versus Jacob, because you could kind of see it building. It's been building this season. Um, but this is the first time I see, like, I can kind of see it from Jacob's eyes. Like, yeah. Every other time, I every other time it's just like, all right, I don't, like, are you just upset because Batwoman's able to get things done and you're not? Like, it, it, it's one thing when the cops dislike Batman, or Batwoman because they feel like vigilantes are able to do stuff that they're not al- allowed to by law. Right. But I don't feel that the crows are beholden to the same rules and regulations that cops are. They've always seemed to be a little bit above the law. Yeah, like their their lines were a bit blurrier. Yeah. Kate shows back up at Wayne Tower, Luke sitting in the chair, kind of, kind of like a nervous person waiting for a job interview or for a meeting with their boss. And yeah, or a person who doesn't like to have emotional conversations about to have one. Yeah, and he's like, "You did the wrong thing. That you know, our lives weren't worth the journal." My, no, he said specifically, "My life is not worth the end of Batwoman." Which he's right. He was. And then and then she said there would be no Batwoman without you. And they hugged. And I kind of lost it for a second. I was like, oh, 
that's so sweet. They're having a nice emotional moment, and Parker comes walking out of the Batcave, and Luke's like, what the fuck? What, what's she doing here? And Parker's like, hey, you should fight more for Sophie. And Luke's just like, I was gone for five hours. For five- <laughs> I loved that. Yep. That was my favorite. I, I was gone for five hours. And Kate's like, yep, and I replaced you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> that was, I just, their whole dynamic just makes me happy. Sophie waiting waiting anxiously on the stairs for Julia, who's coming out of the doctor's at the at the at the crow's headquarters and she's like are you all right she's like yeah there's some nerve damage but it should be fine they kiss nice kiss um uh, yeah it was it was i there. mean look i've seen i've seen sophie kiss mr sophie and at least this had some emotion into it i mean true i mean she's kissing somebody she's actually attracted to so that's a plus yeah. they they kiss a couple times and then we see Kate in the hallway looking at them because that's what exes do on TV shows. Uh, yeah, another trope I can't stand. And Sophie's like, uh, I'll see you later. I'm out. <laughs> Julia, so Julia's standing there and Kate's like, so Luke told me everything. So according to Julia, what happened was the assassin that was sent to kill Kate um, during the uh, – during the episode where um, Beth dies, was sent by Cephia from the island of Corlena, and you were right. Yes, I was. So Julia's like, you know, he was sent. I tracked him down, and the reason he hasn't come back is because I made a deal with Cephia that I would get her the journal for your life. Now, was the Here's where I was a little confused. Was the journal part her idea, or did she want the journal and only agreed to spare her if she got it? Like, uh, was that Julia's offering, or was that no? Sephia wanted the journal. Sephia knew okay. about the journal, and so Julia was like, "I'll find the journal, but you have to leave Kate out of it." So, and that was the deal. Supposedly, Julia didn't know what was in the journal. And supposedly now that she does, the deal is off. So that's that's where that came down to. But yeah. Well, considering I, considering the journals were literally coded gibberish, <laughs> I don't think it's a supposedly. Well, they knew they everyone had kind of been under the assumption that the journal was the way had the way to take down Batman, not necessarily to kill him, but to stop him. Or at least the secret behind the technology of his suit so that they can at least make a villain equivalent. Yeah. So according to Julia, she's not helping her anymore. We get a brief scene of Batwoman and Jacob on top of the roof of GCPD. And Jacob's like, you know, I'm done. Like, stay out of my way. Leave now. You know, leave town now. Otherwise, we're going to go after you. And Batwoman's like, whatevs, like, bring it on. We go, the last scene is Alice reading the diary as her and Mouse are in, like, the sewers, and Mouse complaining because they're in the sewers and not inside the asylum where it was nice and warm and they had comfy beds. And Alice says that she needs, you know, 
she's reading how to kill Batwoman and she needs kryptonite. That shocked me. Yeah, I don't know what role kryptonite is going to do. Could kryptonite depower the suit and make all of make it? No, the only the only thing I can think of is that the suit is somehow Kryptonian based and that would that would be the reason for the Kryptonite, seeing as how Kryptonite is Superman's weakness, but I don't I don't know how Kryptonite's gonna gonna factor in. Like there's there's, there... there's different I... kinds of Kryptonite. There's one kind of Kryptonite that would allow you to be able to um essentially now this one's... Use... This kryptonite is green. Does that help no, specify which one it is? No, that's just the regular garden variety kryptonite. But if they don't want to go like if they don't want to go uh, overboard as to the whole the whole mythology behind kryptonite, like if they just go with one color kryptonite instead of having like the five or six different ones, like there's well, gold, platinum, I, silver. I think they've already introduced they've introduced red kryptonite in Supergirl. Okay. Because what's the one that? Because whenever, whenever Car gets around this one particular kind of kryptonite, and I want to say it's the red one, and if so, if I'm wrong, somebody will tell me. That's what makes her evil. Yeah, that's red kryptonite. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really make you evil, but it makes you like it. It almost inverses your personality. Yeah. So yeah, it's shown up on uh, Smallville, and you're right, it has shown up on Supergirl before. Um, I also believe there's a there's a kryptonite color out there that will allow you to kind of control um, Superman or Supergirl, but that's not green kryptonite. They, you're right. They specifically say green kryptonite, but I don't understand. Like, it'll be interesting to see where the correlation is. I'm going to do a quick Google search of green kryptonite and see if... Green kryptonite is just the regular kryptonite. Like, it's the one that kind of depowers Superman or depowers Supergirl or, you know, would essentially would essentially hurt give you the ability to hurt them. Yeah. See. So I don't know exactly how that fits into Batman because Bruce is not Kryptonian. Even if the suit's Kryptonian, like I don't see the Kryptonite really working on it. I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know. Unless I they need they need the radiation that kryptonite um, gives off in order to be able to create a weapon to kill Batman. Maybe. Because, I mean, it's it's a radiation-based weapon, so... It, yeah, it is. I don't know. It's It'll be weird, and I'm hoping the whatever it's for is something that comes up in the next episode and is not something that was going to come up in episode 21 or 22 because I refused to go through the summer not knowing. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, But that is the end of the episode. All in all, I wouldn't call it a weak episode, but it's definitely not my favorite. No, definitely not. Um, Not that there was anything really bad. It was just, it was fine. I just think there have been much... There have been much more interesting episodes, but this does have 
this does again advance like what Julia was doing, what was in the diary. There's definitely story threads that get advanced, which is really good, and we get some answers, which I like. And there was even like the the Mary scenes were really good and hilarious. I loved those, yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know if we needed an entire episode of like kidnap somebody, kill them, kidnap somebody, kill them. I think kidnap somebody. If the entire episode had been about getting Luke, like if Luke wasn't the fourth kidnapped attempt and he was the central focus. Yeah. Probably would have worked better because I did like the I did like the character development for Luke that came out of this episode. Like, I feel like he's going to be more confident now because of being able to break that code. Yeah, but then and, he found out he got replaced by like a 14 year old. Well, I mean, desperate times, desperate measures. He's the one who walked out. Look at you. I mean, look, he he chose to walk out of that room instead of, you know. As proud of, of him as I am for still looking into everything with Julia, he still walked out. And who knows what would have happened had he stayed. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We got one episode left. I don't know what's going to happen next episode. I know there is a showdown um, between but, there's a there's at least a showdown scene between Kate and Batwoman and the Crows. Um but that is that is kind of all we know. Do you miss the Kate Alice dynamic? Because again, this is the second episode in a row that we really haven't had it. Yes, I'll always miss that dynamic. But um, yeah, yeah, no, there's there's really no replacing that. I really like that dynamic, and I think that's the heart of the show. So when it's when it's missing, I tend to. I tend to not like the episodes as much. <clears throat> I mean, I, I would still say unequivocally, like there hasn't been epi- an episode that I've disliked. And even my least favorite episode in this season so far, I would still give like an above average to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, Batman, Batwoman at their worst is better than just about anything on the CW currently. Yeah, except Kate McGrath. Let's get Kate McGrath on Batgirl, please. <laughs> you mean Batwoman? Yes. While we're at I... it, let's get Batgirl on Batwoman. <laughs> you know what? There we go. Let's get Kate McGrath as Lena Luthor as Batgirl on Batwoman. There we go. <laughs> no, that, no. No, I'm kidding. No emails just, about Barbara Gordon. You just want an excuse to have Kate McGrath on a show that you could actually watch. Yes. And because I think Kate McGrath would rather be on a show where she can be attracted to women because I've seen Kate McGrath kiss men and it, <laughs> it looks like something someone is doing under torture. I mean, is it every man that she kisses that that yes. happens? <laughs> yes. Every man. <clears throat> that being said, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we end up at the end of next week. Seeing I how cannot there's, believe there's this still is... theoretically two more episodes. Uh, yeah, and God only knows when episodes will actually be able to be on the air again because I saw an article today that there's a chance that L.A. County will be keeping their shelter in place in tact for the next three months 
And I know Batwoman shoots in Vancouver, but I imagine that until L.A. gets up and running and the writer's rooms can start writing stuff, that it's going to make... They can can write, like, instead of being in a room, they can do it via Zoom. Oh, true. They can do it via Zoom. It's just, it's also going to be interesting to see when Vancouver opens up again. Because all of the CW shows tape up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, in order to get the shows back on on a regular timetable, you'd be looking at them shooting in two months, which I don't think is going to happen. Don't, I don't see us there yet at all. Yeah. Unless they can find like, – like, again, we've said, like, unless you can find a way that you can do it with a little bit less – crew as far as um as far as like less people on camera having more hard cams um also like i know over the weekend we'll see you know it's it's apples and oranges but over the weekend we had our first real test case of um like ufc put on an event without fans in the stands or without attendees but they had like an entire camera crew they had commentators they had their fighters so it was still a decent sized production worth of people um they tested them beforehand one person was actually found to have covid so they kicked him off the card and separated him away from everybody else so we'll see in like a week or two when they get tested again to see if to see if there was any sort of spread from that contact and if there wasn't this kind of this would kind of give you a little bit of a roadmap to like how to do something like getting TV shows back. Like, you're, yeah, you're going to have to test and test and test as much as possible. But, you know, at least it would show like there's some sort of roadmap to it. But you're right. We're not there yet. I hope we get there soon. And I hope that things dramatically change in the next few weeks that maybe we could be there. But I don't know. Yeah. It's all dependent on people actually following the guidelines in their particular locations. And unfortunately, as we are seeing, people are having a very big issue with following the rules. Yeah. And I don't get me wrong. Like I whenever I see it, it there's two sides of it. Like I've seen people I've seen people doing it in protest and then just kind of doing it without realizing and i think it's two very different cases as much as like the protesters i think are a little are a little bit too much but the people that are doing it without realizing it i think it's just like yeah no you've been home for like two months at this point that you just want to have some sense of normalcy and sometimes wanting to do that kind of overrides your your um your logical thought process yeah, I could I could see that, but so many people are having. I just I just want this. I just want us all to go back to normal, whatever new normal looks like and turns out to be. I just want normal back. Yeah, I so do I. Like I like I know there's gonna like I know eventually I'll go back to work and stuff will start opening, and I want to do that. And I understand that there's gonna be there's like unless there's a vaccine, there's gonna be a sense of danger and i get that and i want people to be as safe as humanly possible so it like i'm kind of in the same place like i would like to go back to normal but i also don't want to put people's lives in danger so it's it's a tough it's a tough 
catch twenty two. Yeah, it's a tough line to kind of be able to to straddle. But that being said, you can email us if you have any thoughts on this week's episode or in any episode or in any question in general. Um, you can email us at batwomantvtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us at batwomantvtalk on Twitter. Um, I always try I always try and respond to people that respond to us on Twitter. Um, so you, you can catch me there. You can catch me at Academy Rewind on Twitter and at the Batwoman TV Talk on Gmail. Where can people catch you? I'm at XO, Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. We are part of the Thought Bubble Audio podcast family. We have podcasts ranging from all sorts of things aside from Batwoman TV Talk. We have Read Up, Tolkien TV Talk, Supergirl TV Talk, Hate Watch with us, Academy Rewind, which might be the single greatest movie podcast ever created. The host is really charismatic and is just a joy to listen to. And then there's also Tim, who also <laughs> co-hosts the show. Who's okay, I guess. We also have we also have Metropolis, um, which will be which just came back and will be uh, podcasting about the um, Lois and Clark um, Superman show that the CW is developing. Um, it go, went straight to uh, a small order. We'll wait to see if it gets picked up for a full season. So it got a back. It got it got an original thirteen order to get a nine. Uh, I. Th- think it might have gotten a nine i just know it definitely got some sort of pickup when the when the whole uh covid stuff shut down everything because it was going to be doing its premiere episode when that kind of got shut down they kind of just gave it at least an initial order so there'll be definitely episodes of that and i mean it's going to get picked up for a full season because i'm sure cw there's no way in hell it doesn't get at least one season. <clears throat> there was some casting news today about a random character on there. but So go listen to Metropolis if you're going to be interested in that show. If you like us, uh, you can also listen to Supergirl TV Talk, who is good. Probably not quite as good as us, just saying. But, <laughs> you know, they try their best. Do you have anything else to add about this episode? No, this episode was pretty good. All right. I kind of feel the same way. I'm very interested to see what happens next episode, the season finale. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I don't I want also... us to be at this. I, I want to know what happens, but I don't want the story to be over. I know. It's, uh, well, we're going to find out what happens in a few short days. Until then, the Bat signal is out in the sky, so we're going to get going. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.